Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Lost in Paris stars Dominique Abel and Fiona Gordon. Fiona as a small-town librarian, Canadian librarian, and a strangely seductive, oddly egotistical vagabond. When Fiona's orderly life is disrupted by a letter of distress from her 93-year-old aunt Martha, who is living in Paris, Fiona hops onto the first plane she can and arrives only to discover that Martha has disappeared. In an avalanche of spectacular disasters, she encounters Dom, and the affable but annoying tramp who, is, who just won't leave her alone replete with amazing antics and intricately choreographed slapstick that have come to define the filmmaker's particular style. Lost in Paris is a wondrous, fun, and hectic tale of peculiar people finding love lost in the City of Lights. We are joined today by the co-directors and the co-stars of this wonderful new uh, film called Lost in Paris, and that would be Dominic Abel and Fiona Gordon. Welcome to Film School. Uh, hello Hi. there. Hi, Mag. How are you? I I, I understand I'm I'm reaching you in in Italy. Is that correct? Yes, it's uh, it's beautiful here. It's the sun is setting over the mountains, oh, and uh, very nice. It's nice to talk to you in this setting. Oh, beautiful. Well, well, it's such a this is just such a warm and embracing film. It's such a as I I said, it's uh, kind of an ode to love, if you will. Um, tell me a little bit about where where did the story come from? Well, it's um, sometimes we say laughingly that it's autobiographical. Um, <laughs> people will find that funny when they see the film. Um, Dominique and I met in Paris in the eighties, and that's when we began our acting careers, and that's where it all began for us. When we also fell in love, and so. Uh, we wanted to kind of get back to our, our roots there and um, set the story in Paris. Did this? Did the story? I mean, that was just a story that you came up with to to kind of tie all this together. Is that fiction? Yes, at the at the beginning, it was just supposed to be a kind of a, a pretext uh, with as little narration as possible, so that we could just get lost in in a in a in a in one space in one time, just a couple of days. And little by little, it, it, as it always does, it kind of fleshed out and became a little bit more complex. We met Emmanuel Riva, who plays Martha, and so her character became more developed. Yeah. And um, uh, it, it kind of just little by little built that way. It, it, always, it always goes that way for us. The story isn't so important to us. Um, we just need a, a base, really, a, a very simple scenario. And after that, we go into our rehearsal space, and we improvise. And uh, we keep what we like of the improvisations. We throw out what we don't like, and um, it grows uh, over a period of a couple of years. I don't want to say percentage, but what is the sort of the the mix of input in writing this, uh, putting together the story and script between the two of you, Dominique? Do you tend to start this process, or Fiona? How how do you sort of work as as a team when you're developing something like Lost in Paris? Go ahead. Yeah, usually we speak when we. Uh, when we when we go from one one country to another with with uh, the the, f- the film that we just finished, we have time to speak in the trains in in the, uh, in the planes and and we have a few ideas and and then we we choose one and and we have a funny way to um, to start 
we, we send uh, emails to each other, even though we are sitting just next to each other. <laughs> but uh, it's a way... Um, um, It's a way, comment on dit pour ne pas se fâcher. It's a way of uh, working together without getting angry. <laughs> <laughs> In a way. It, because uh, we find out that, for example, Fiona writes a page and she sends it to me and I, I cross uh, half the, of the page and uh, I change and I, it becomes two pages. I send it to her and it, it goes that way. And because we, we send the mails, we have time to think about it and, and not to, to think, oh, she just crossed the part that I preferred. <laughs> you know, the, the writing could be the more conflictual part of, of a, a film because as soon as we can, we go to trying in our stu studio physically, trying the ideas, and that's a, a lot more simple, at least for us, because, um, because we, we play, we film it right away, and we look at it, and it's very simple and clear if it works if it makes us laugh it's okay yeah. if not we have to try it again so yeah so so we work on a basic structure for sometimes six months or something like that we have perhaps 40 pages and then we go to rehearse um in a simple way with chairs hats we we, we play all the characters and uh and, and it gives information to the We film it, and, and it gives um, information to the writing. We go back to the writing, and it's a kind of ping-pong um, between the computer and the studio that, um, that is going to, to take a lot, a lot of time. And as, as quick as we can, we go to the, um, the real place, like in Paris. Uh, yes. We look at the Eiffel Tower. We try to imagine uh, our way to film the Eiffel Tower. Uh, we find a bridge. We, we try to find a way how, how Fiona could... And fall from that bridge, and and all go, all goes like that. A lot, a lots of uh, improvisation and trying. Um, and the closer we get to the the film, and more more it's fixed. Yeah. Well, Fiona, you said something earlier. Again, the the film is deceptively simple. I mean, and you you were talking about. It sounds like what you were saying earlier was sort of stripping away all the unnecessary parts as you go through your rehearsal process which is a natural part of it but your film is it's so uh, the word beguiling is just uh, you the, the, to be able to capture that sort of sense ability and i think the opening scene with you uh in canada as in your in your quonset hut i i thought it was it was such a great way to start the film for a number of reasons one that sense of color and whimsy and And sort of taking us out of a, our, a regular environment, you know, our, our mindset to put us in that. And it was so well done. Uh, and it just set the tone for the film so beautifully. Um, is, I mean, again, sort of describe the style. I don't know if I'm doing a good job of describing what that, that opening scene, and like I said, sets the tone of the film so effectively. Um, is, that, is that an apt way to, to describe it? How would you put it? Yes, well, we like to we like to say to people right from the beginning, um, this isn't going to be um, a naturalistic story. This is going to be a, a kind of a story, a tale. It's going to be a fable, and so uh, often we we try to find a way to to to, to do that. Um, that that's so. Yes, yes. Thank you. I thought you described it very beautifully and very nicely. Um, 
yes, so so we we kind of transpose the. Transpose certain parts. Um, we couldn't go to the, the the north north of Canada. We would have liked to actually, but it was too expensive. So um, we do with what we have, and so we made a, a set piece, and um, it looks it's at, it's to us very real, but also a little artificial, and we have fun with that. Um, yeah. Perhaps it's our theater background that that that. Um, makes it so that we're not afraid to leave naturalistic um, transpositions of, of, of what you see in, in, in real life. We, we, we mix it all up. Uh, some scenes are in studios and very obviously so. Um, we use retro projection from, for some scenes. Uh-huh. And then other scenes are very much in a real world, um, in the subway, for example, yes. where we have just a small camera and we're floating around with, the, with all the rest of the people. Uh-huh. Um, there are really no limits. We just... Um, sort of go with what we, we feel is right for each scene. Well, I'll say to both of you, your, your filmmaking, your style is, uh, is a testament to how creative you can be without what I assume to be not a, not a large budget. I wouldn't say that I would assume that the film you didn't, you know, it's not Spider-Man money. Uh, it, it, it's a film. No, definitely yeah. not. <laughs> it's it's not even. I don't even think it's Spider-Man uh, 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 craft services money. <laughs> it's you did this. <laughs> you did you did this. Well, I just. Well, my point is, I'm not trying to belittle your, your you know the amount of. It's just it has to do with the ability to make something really truly magical uh, using a a very creative take on things I, again the use of color in this film is just beautiful i love the way you were able to integrate the, these the different palettes within the film and and the and the and the style and dominic uh, both of you are uh, obviously accomplished dancers mimes i what is your sort of give us a little bit about this and maybe get into the story a little bit i think we're sort of neglecting the actual story itself but your style of uh, that, that first dance that you do uh, at the very beginning of the film, that park bench where you're where you're on your feet are on top of one another, that's a beautiful. It's just a beautifully creative way to get us into the characters and and this bond that they quickly you know that quickly becomes. But um, do you want to describe the story a little more? Or do we feel do you feel like it's do we've done? I mean, you're you're there because your aunt has disappeared. Right. Take it from there. So, and how these sort of unfolds the, the story unfolds a little bit from there. Okay. Yes. Well, it's a it's a quest. Fiona, she she's she's a uh, she she when she was nine years old, her aunt told her, "I'm going to Paris and uh, I'm going to do the things that I've never been able to do." And she goes, and Fiona says, "Yes, when I grow up, I'm going to do the same thing." And um, when she grows up, she doesn't do the same thing. She stays pretty well where she is and. And she's very inexperienced with life, and 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 probably sexually also. We, we don't really know. And um, so she she gets this letter of di- distress, which is it's almost as if her old art Ma- Mar- aunt Martha says, uh, "I'm going to get Fiona to, to 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 live her life a little bit." Yes. So Fiona comes to Paris, and um, the aunt is missing. She's gone. Fiona loses all her belongings, so she's lost in Paris without any money, without any place to stay. And she does meet this um, this uh, homeless guy who has taken all her money. Um, I don't think it spoils anything for anybody to say so. Um, it's not so much what happens is, is, is how we do it that's important for us. 
And uh, he helps her, against her will, to uh, locate the ant and gets her to live a, her life a little more fully in, in, the, in, the, in the meantime. Yeah. And then she meets Dom. <laughs> Dom and, right. and and he you are just such a um a magical but but somewhat annoying presence in the film. I don't mean it, it you know what I mean here. I'm trying to say is you're you are you dog her. You are sort of you pop up in all these different places. And I just love the physicality of your performance. I love so much of the the way that you are able to impart your emotions and such without words but with just body movement. Uh, Dominic, talk to, uh, talk to us a little bit about what went into your performance in, in Lost in Paris. Well, um, yeah, well, it's, um, it's a lot of improvisation. What, what happens usually when we start a film is that uh, we, we start from the, what, we, what we liked in the pre- precedent one mm-hmm. and uh, the frustrations of the precedent. And... Uh, um, in the first films we did, I was more naive, more open, and um, and and in, in the last one, I started to be a bit dark, a bit uh, uh, antisocial, and we liked that. Uh, there was a kind of a, a Chaplin uh, um, um, quality. Uh, quality of it, like I, I take what I need, like uh, a bit like animals who are hungry and they take, they don't ask. So we, yeah, we we tried to. I don't know if we succeeded, but we tried to to push my character in that way, and uh, we had fun because, um, for example, the speech that I that I give about the dead person that I don't even know who it is, and I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to to show uh, to 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 show Fiona that I'm very good a good good speaker. Um, that was very fun to do. Uh, especially because we we don't speak a lot usually, and there there was a good uh, occasion to 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 give to let go all the bitterness of of my character, who is a, a homeless guy, and uh, it was also funny to do because the, we like to play with um, amateurs, and so the, the person that I speak to in the church are completely amateur amateurs, and they didn't know what I was going to say. So I was a bit afraid because my speech is not completely, it's a bit shocking, <laughs> but they liked it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, so, um, it's beautiful. The film reminds me, it's sort of, I, I'm just trying to, oh, by the way, I don't remind our listeners, we're speaking with the, the co-directors of this wonderful new film called Lost in Paris. That would be Dominic Abel and Fiona Gordon. And it is opening here in Los Angeles at the Royal Theater in Santa Monica, which is, that's today, Ju- July 7th, as well as the Lemley Playhouse 7 and the West Park 8, which is here in Bur- uh, Irvine, just a few blocks from where I'm sitting right now. So it's available, again, Royal Theater, Lemley Playhouse 7 in Pasadena, and the West Park 8 in here in Irvine. And the Royals in, in Santa Monica, Los Angeles area. And um, you can go to, it's on, it's being distributed by Oscilloscope, and you go to Lost in Paris. And just check it out online. It'll take you to the Oscilloscope distribution um, uh, site, and you can check out all the stuff you would want to know about the film, where it's screening, etc. But um, I want to go back to your film style a little bit, because uh, it is a bi- it's a bit of a homage to silent era filmmaking it also has that musicality that kind of 
that would remind some people of sort of a, a La La Land kind of vibe. Actually, uh, his first film, uh, Damien Giselle's first film, uh, Guy and Madeline on a Park Bench, is is more akin to your film than maybe even La La Land. But it has that vibe. Where it, but it's it's a sweetness to this film. But the I was going about the silent era film. Who was? Do you have an? In, was there an influence? Because there's uh, people have referred to the uh, um, Harold Lloyd's uh, clock scene, and there's a scene in, in in your film that is sort of reminiscent of that. But your filmmaking reminds me of Buster Keaton uh, more than that. Is is there something or someone? Am, am I off on my the sort of references here to the film? No, no. No, no, not at all. We we uh, we both prefer Buster Keaton to uh, Harold Lloyd. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm I find Harold Lloyd quite amazing, but he he lacks the humanity yeah. that that I feel that Buster Keaton has and Chaplin definitely has. Yeah. But but we are we consider ourselves to be sort of a continuing uh, continuation of a certain way to play and a certain way to express ourselves. Um, uh, more than an homage, uh, we're sort of the little cousins or little <laughs> nephews and nieces of, of of those silent film artists, and and uh, so yes, of course they they're they're an influence on us, yes. along with a lot of other things. Yes. Um, the funny thing is that all the the the, the silent film comics, they all were on stage um, before that's right making film. That's right. Film didn't exist yet, of course. So. Yeah. So uh, they were they were they were making people laugh and moving people on stage, and when they got a hold of a camera, they had a whole oh a whole uh, a library of of gags and sketches and yeah. dances and songs and numbers that they were able to put onto the screen. And um, but actually, most of these numbers have been passed on from generation to generation. Um, uh, in in theaters, vaudevilles and burlesque and, yeah. and musical and yeah. and so on, um, and 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 now that they've put the, these things on on stage, it's much more difficult or on on the screen. Sorry, it's much more difficult to to be original because, of course, everybody knows these great classics. Yeah. So, it's a big a challenge to try and um, main continue to explore this this area which we adore mm-hmm. and still be original um yeah. and well i don't think i've said enough about your performance dominic's both of your performances are so wonderful in this and but fiona i mean the, there's a physicality to your performance as well there's this uh, innocence that you are can, able to convey without words just your your body language the way that you move there's so many scenes in there that i could just point to and say this is just so well done and uh, throughout the film there's just so many little bits that you do little sort of scenes within scenes even uh that are just magical and uh just a terrific film and i again i urge people to check this out it is here in los angeles once again just let you know the royal theater in los angeles the lemley playhouse seven in pasadena and the west park eight in irvine to check this out and and have fun. People talk about not having a good time at the, uh, going to a movie, and you know it's we need more fun in our theaters and that stuff. This is it right here, kids. This is you don't need to go any further than this. <laughs> it's uh, this is what you want to see. And and uh, uh, um, yeah, I thank you so much for the film, and thank you so much <laughs> for for coming on. I, I'm I 
I I insisted that I get a chance to talk to you, so I'm I'm glad that we were able uh, to, to work this out because this is one of those movies that uh, deserves to get as wide a play as possible and to be seen. So um, my congratulations to both of you, and please come back next time you've got something coming out. I, re- th- I thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, time with you again. Hope you can do that. So well, with pleasure. We'll have to hurry up and start writing. <laughs> <laughs> It's so nice here in Italy that we're kind of tempted to do anything, everything else except for write. We have to get down to it. <laughs> understandable, understandable. I've been to Italy myself, and I completely understand. Well, uh, Fiona Gordon and 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 Dominique Abel, <clears throat> congratulations! Thank you. The film is Lost in Paris. Go see it, and go to the Lost in Paris. Check it out online, but go to see it this weekend at those three theaters: the Royal Theater in L.A., the uh, Playhouse Seven in Pasadena and the West Park Gate here in Irvine because the suits care about the numbers for the first weekend. It'll help it. It'll help the film <laughs> along. So thanks, kids. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. You take care. Thank you, Mike. Have a good day. You too. Take care. Bye. Okay, bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.